Hi, I'm your host, Sayer Slayman, and welcome to another episode of PM Hub Podcast Series, where we feature product leaders across the tech industry in the Canadian space. Now, in this episode, we will talk about managing remote product teams. COVID-19 is around and it's reshaped the work structure of organizations and product teams have to basically stay nimble to keep their head above the water. And as more and more companies are embracing this whole concept of distributed teams, the question becomes, how do you go about effectively managing your remote product team and dealing with the challenges that come actually with it, including the communication, there's team culture, team morale, stakeholder management, and a lot more. Now, in order to help us better understand how to go about it, I had a chat with James Costa. James is a group product manager at the working group, TWG, where he's focused on growing product as a discipline, data and analytics as a practice, and supports projects that come through the studio. Before joining the working group, he ran Fuse, a digital experience agency. And over the last 12 years, James has been building products for scale-ups and enterprise clients, including NASA, Interact, RBC, and WWF, to enable them with the tools, process, and thinking to scale. All right, James, welcome to PM Hub. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Sure, thanks. So, James, uh, do you mind telling us a bit more about yourself and how you got into product management? Yeah, man. Uh, so, as with most PMs, I kind of fell into product in some way. Uh, I was working as a designer and developer, uh, you know, probably about 12 years ago, building uh, products for startups, uh, building products for, for friends, and kind of got involved in online communities around user experience and front-end development in particular. And in doing so, kind of made some connections um, into startups and businesses that needed some support, uh, needed help uh, getting off the ground, needed help with uh, direction. And so I got to work with these companies in those early stages and realized that as I was doing this, there was kind of a business here, some way of being able to work with them that uh, I hadn't seen yet. Um, started bringing on a few people, ended up uh, turning it into a company that was called Fuse and got to run that for just about nine years. And kind of over that time, started building what product was for me from those like ground and roots of like design and uh, development uh, to being able to uh, kind of do some of that pattern matching that product managers are really good at. Uh, being able to identify a strategy, a direction for a company, work with startup founders to be able to execute on that. Um, and through that experience, essentially got uh, a lot of uh, my experience, my background in, in product. Um, and then just about two and a half years ago, uh, closed down my company, noticed that some of the challenges and stuff that I was looking for, some of the opportunities that I thought uh, would be really exciting were ones that a company that uh, lots of us in Toronto know, I call TWG has as a software consultancy and uh, believe, uh, continue to believe that they're the best consultancy in Canada, uh, doing absolutely fantastic work. Um, and the types of challenges that they had were uh, ambitious um, as, they, as they're growing. So got to come join the team as a product, uh, product manager and uh, been there ever since. Right on. So tell us a bit more about your team currently at the TWG, the size, structure. Yeah, so TWG has been around for just about 18 years now. Uh, there's about 160 people at the team and counting. And the product team is about 18 folks. Uh, there are people from all sorts of backgrounds. We have people who are designers, engineers, people from consulting, uh, business, uh, people who are from project management and advertising. Uh, we have uh, product managers of uh, all shapes and sizes, all different sorts of experiences, uh, both with scale-up, enterprise, startup, 
Um, so it's a really great team uh, that we've been able to build uh, over these 18 years, and I'm grateful to be a, have been a part of for the last two and a half. Uh, TBG works with scale-ups and enterprise, uh, so a lot of the work that we're doing ranges uh, from discovery work and identifying what to build to build work and making sure that we're building the right thing, and even into you know in-market work, making sure that we're continuing to iterate on the value that we provide the end customer. So our clients uh, definitely rely on us in a few different stages of their business, but then for our teams, what it means is they're working with across different verticals, different sizes. So they're always working on different challenges. Um, at TWG, I manage uh, six product managers at the team um, and focus on uh, overseeing some of the work that we have coming through the studio, making sure our bar that we raise is uh, continuing to go up and up, uh, but also uh, develop some of our practices and uh, some of the disciplines that we have internally from our uh, data and analytics practice that we've been developing over the past couple of years to ensuring that like that product discipline as well is continuing to grow and we continue to upskill our folks, uh, making sure they know uh, how to handle the bigger and tougher challenges that we uh, keep putting ourselves in front of. Right on, love it. So I'm just curious, uh, you know, given the COVID-19 situation, how has it overall affected TWG? You know, man, one of the one of the main reasons I, I joined TWG is because it's always had a really sustainable outlook on uh, how it approaches business. Uh, both uh, a bunch of the partners, our parents, um, and for, for me as a parent myself, um, knowing that, knowing that there is that sustainability built in from uh, the ground up means that there's always a new challenge and always a new thing that we can uh, be up against, but we're always building our business in such a way that it can sustain those challenges. So for, for us, admittedly, going through COVID, uh, we took some precautionary measures, uh, making sure that we uh, could be conservatively get through this time. Uh, but it hasn't affected us in a major way. And I say that realizing that I need to like knock on wood pretty hard and no one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. But the types of clients that we work with, we're working with scale up and enterprise. We're working on things that aren't just innovation projects for the sake of innovation projects. We're working on things that people have committed uh, as an organization to build or do. Uh, we're working with uh, organizations on things that are central to uh, their business. And because of that, uh, the work that we do is not something that's easily cut. Uh, we also even make decisions uh, as a business to limit the amount of exposure that any client gives to our, our entire business. So, you know, if a client drops out um, and decides they're not going to work with us, we don't have to immediately look at our lineup and say, who do we have to cut? Um, and that's very opposite of consulting businesses. Consulting in general kind of builds itself in such a way that it can scale up and scale down uh, more or less infinitely for, for businesses that they're working with. But uh, TWG has always had a different approach to this. When we hire, we're hiring uh, because we know we have demand, not for a particular client, but for many clients that are coming through with that. Um, and that's something that's really worked well for TWG, certainly through this time as well. Um, definitely challenges, definitely things we're taking uh, care of and being conservative against. I think every business right now needs to figure out what this means for them. But so far, knock on wood, uh, it's been pretty good. And that's very interesting when you say it, that sustainable outlook of the TWG, even pre-COVID, and how obviously it worked to your favor with the current you know, chaos that's been going around. And you mentioned that you're focusing on building 
mostly the core products for your clients rather than innovation. And I'm just curious, how's, has, this been, has this been always the case uh, to build the core products and less focus on innovation or is it just because of COVID? This, is, this has been something that at least for the past few years has been uh, really seriously considered. Um, it's been, as we've grown our client service practice and our account team, um, to kind of focus on uh, big accounts and enterprise and be able to develop deep relationships with them where we can provide uh, a lot of value and work on uh, different products within their portfolio. Um, ultimately, we've also had to balance it with that idea of like, okay, how do we do this in a sustainable way where we're ensuring that we have a business tomorrow and that we don't have to let go of you know, people that uh, we, we care really deeply about just because a client has uh, left our book of business. And again, many consultancies have to make those decisions. There's a lot of reasons why they have to do that. But TWG's like whole approach to this from our hiring perspective is also not hiring too fast. We hire slow. We want to make sure that when we uh, hire people, we are uh, taking pause. We're understanding their experiences. We want to make sure that their skill sets align with the direction that our business is going in, not only for a particular project, but again, in that lar longer, longer term path. So that's been always something I, I love about uh, TWG. And again, I think that comes and any of those kind of values really come for the founders, really come from uh, the leadership. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for our partners. I'm grateful for, uh, you know, two of our partners in particular who, who lead day to day and ensuring that uh, the work that is done is uh, with that lens. And uh, as parents, they uh, really take that seriously. So again, as a parent, it's something that's important to me and I'm grateful that's important as well to, to TWG. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. And that, that's, you could totally see, you know, that, that long-term perspective of your founders, one of actually the very few companies or leaders I've been talking with that their companies have been affected has, has not been as affected by COVID per se, which is very interesting. Now, James, moving to the topic at hand, managing remote product teams. I'm just curious, how remote was your team pre-COVID? Yeah, so this is so interesting to me because when I was running Fuse, that uh, consultancy, that agency that I'd started before coming to TWG, we were entirely remote. Uh, it was 100% remote. We hired people in Canada, the US, the UK. Uh, we uh, did everything from the ground up in, in a remote setting. And this was even before, you know, some of the tools that we use today were uh, and rely on today uh, were created and we were kind of kind of duct taping things together to make it work. Uh, it was before it was cool. So coming to TWG, it was actually really strange. TWG has got a wonderful office in the heart of downtown Toronto. It's got, um, you know, a, a wonderful culture built around that office. It's hosted a ton of events uh, within Toronto at, in that space. And so coming into the office, you, you know it as TWG. And for a lot of people in Toronto, TWG is kind of like home. Uh, it's a place that we go for, maybe we've worked there, maybe we've known someone who's worked there, uh, met up with people who work there, um, or we've gone to events there uh, quite, quite regularly, um, whether it's in the product community or, or outside of it. And uh, that culture is kind of built around it. So coming to TWG was really strange, kind of, getting into that environment and working uh, within an office. But at the same time, it was uh, uh, remote has been something that TWG has invested in consistently over the last couple of years. Uh, we have great remote benefits. You got two days a week uh, to work from home. You could also do three days a week if you have like the flex desk. And so it means 
you have a shared desk space versus a fixed desk within the office. And so a lot of the uh, you know, foundations that you need to do remote were in a pretty good place. Uh, we had, uh, you know, our technology set up for it. Uh, we had our culture kind of starting to be built around it. We were really caring for things like audio quality and video quality within our studio, within our, our meeting rooms, because the way that we also interact with our clients is uh, often remote. Even if they're in Toronto, they won't always come to our office for meetings. So that quality of our technology means a lot to us. And so we invested quite heavily in that. And so we're really lucky to have been able to do that early on. Uh, and being able to transition to the remote environment, um, it's definitely been something that, at least on the technology side, we've been in a, a, in a pretty good play, uh, place for it. But um, again, it's been a relatively smooth process. It is something we've invested in quite a bit. But again, I want to also underscore that this is remote, but it's remote during a global pandemic. So that is definitely the side of things that we weren't anticipating and weren't ready for. Um, but uh, at least on the technology side and uh, kind of our practice, we have definitely been building that up over time. And I guess, uh, you know, your team must be pretty lucky to have you uh, on board uh, because you used to be 100% remote at that Fuse. So I think you bring a lot to table um, from your experience, right? Yeah, I think so. But also uh, we have incredible folks in the team who are entirely remote, uh, even from pre-COVID times. Um, and they, they've taught us a lot about how to operate in a mixed environment because, you know, for me, running an entirely remote team, it was easy to do remote because everyone else was remote. But there was a difference uh, for those people, uh, and they spoke up about how uh, video quality or audio quality or the tools that we were using could be improved, how we did collaboration within the office, and uh, kind of allowed them to join those things as remote, uh, remote folks. Uh, was something we needed to consider. And uh, I'm really grateful for those folks because if we hadn't made those investments, they hadn't advocated for it, I think we've been in a worse place now. So certainly I'm grateful for those experiences. I appreciate it kind of knowing some of the habits that I had when I was running Fuse and was 100% remote, I can kind of bring into this environment, but also grateful for those folks for not only like speaking up and investing in it, but continuing to communicate uh, ideas of how they've made remote work for them as they've worked for TWG for many years um, in in this environment in, uh, entirely digitally. Right on. Huh? Now, I'm curious, Lau, tell us about the first few days. I'm curious to know about when you went fully remote, when this whole COVID thing happened. How, how was it? Yeah, I think that there's there's a couple strange strange things about it. So the, the first part, and I, I kind of like alluded to this a moment ago, there, the one thing that none of us expected, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I can speak for uh, many product folks and uh, most companies that have been affected by COVID, uh, none of us really expected this. We didn't expect a global pandemic. So really the issue, the concern those first few days wasn't actually the transition to remote. It was actually the realization that something was going on that was really scary and it was really difficult to grapple with that um, every call that you would have with people the first 15 minutes ended up being what's in the news and talking about stuff and you were trying to move meetings around because you wanted to listen to what the premier was going to say or the prime minister is going to say uh, midday and so 
a lot of the early days of this was actually uh, much more focused in my mind. The memories that I have of it were much more focused on uh, what was going on outside. And that was really difficult because it was distracting for people. It was hard to keep focused on work. And for those of uh, uh, for those who were able to focus on work, they were using it as a distraction of what was going on outside. And that's a really difficult thing to grapple with. And I think today we're still dealing with bits of that uh, to be certain. But uh, the days after kind of we started building resilience and we started figuring out how to communicate what was going on and leadership really spoke up about their intentions and their uh, care for, you know, how we've actually been set up in a pretty good way as an organization to get through this time um, in, in a way that, uh, you know, other businesses uh, won't necessarily be able to. And so we're, we're grateful for that, but um, it's, you know, it's hard. The, the first few days weren't really, you know, issues getting set up with Zoom or telling people that their mic didn't work or, you know, that they're on mute, although we still do that, let's be real. It was a lot more of a situation of us kind of banding together and checking in with each other, seeing if everyone was okay. And I think that speaks to uh, TWG as a whole as uh, what, we've, what we've always been good at. Yeah, it totally gives like a family vibe to me. And, uh, you know, in, th in these uncertain times of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, insecurities, emotional baggage going around, caring for each other and checking in, I guess it's, that's the key to, uh, you know, support each other and, you know, uh, through this whole situation, right? So that's, that's awesome to hear. Uh, now, I'm curious to know, what's your approach, James, when you go about managing your team remotely? Yeah, so I'm going to keep that lens going through all of this and start most of uh, the questions uh, about managing teams with that constant lens of there's a pandemic going on outside and we need to like think about that. So I think for uh, me out of the gate, uh, managing uh, my team, but also uh, how we've been looking at it much more broadly at TWG across disciplines is that the conversations have to get a lot more personal. We are managing uh, careers typically and making sure people identify like initiatives that they want to be a part of and uh, ensuring that uh, people feel uh, unblocked in their progress uh, at our organization at TWG. But what we need to do in this moment is make sure that um, we are checking in with the person, understanding what they've got going on, what factors are affecting them at work, uh, making sure that they have a support system for themselves if they need it, but also uh, making sure that as product managers, uh, you know, you, you're typically in a position of being asked questions by your team of, you know, what's, what's happening at the company? Are we going to be okay? Do I need to look for a new job? Like those are concerns and questions that product people get asked all the time. Uh, they're kind of the front line for leadership, uh, especially in our company, but I believe in most companies. And so a lot of it is actually making sure that they're okay from that perspective as well, because they have to handle a lot of that emotional baggage, handle a lot of those concerns. And they might not have more details than that engineer who's asking them that question. So trying to communicate effectively with them and tell them you know, what's going on and give them a sense of uh, how things are going. Uh, but also, uh, you know, there's basic things as well of managing uh, people uh, remotely in making sure that when you're having those regular check-ins with them, uh, that they're getting outside, that they're eating, that they're not uh, having their days blend into their evenings. It's checking in on them in that way. 
I love going around, uh, you know, when we were in the office, but now we do it remotely. Um, and at five o'clock, going around to semi-reports desks and noticing that they're still working, I'll be like, hey, you're not getting paid anymore. You should go home. Those are like some of the ways that we can protect our teams as managers, um, but also making sure that they get outside in our one-on-ones, maybe offering a talking or walking one-on-one where there's no video, you're just on your phone, call each other and make sure you get outside, especially in this weather that we've been having. Who knows uh, what the weather is going to be like to the person who's listening to this podcast at this moment, but it's beautiful weather outside in Toronto right now. Um, so again, it's an opportunity to be able to do that, but more check-ins, uh, regular communication from leadership, uh, but also uh, we're starting to shape with this management a uh, way of, uh, of, of looking at our management a little bit more holistically in this environment and how it needs to change and how we need to push some of that management to our project teams who own a lot of that culture and where our unit of measurement for our culture or management was maybe a manager or our office or something like that, our unit of measurement, our unit of measurement for this, this culture within our environment that we're now in, uh, most aptly put by Andreas, our, uh, one of our partners, uh, is our project teams. We think about our, our culture uh, now in a new, new unit and our management in a new unit of our project teams. And in that way, we can start providing them supports. We can bring in leadership to make sure we model the right behaviors. We can help them to understand those values that we might talk about once a week or a couple of times a week. And uh, someone may have heard about at some point of making sure that people are sustaining this new environment and, and building kind of practices around it that work for them, but not expecting the same things from themselves that uh, they may have expected before. And so I think that paradigm change that we've had as well has really changed that approach of how we go about managing our teams uh, in this new remote environment. I love that. So given this new paradigm change that you guys went through and the focus you put in a personal level for your staff and giving them basically the tools that they need and let them uh, you know, take it from there and kind of own a bigger piece of it, uh, how do you balance, because I can imagine you'll be spending more time on a personal level, and how do you balance that with productivity and, you know, the outcome that your team is producing? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think when we manage for efficiency, you're within this environment, you're going to model behaviors that may not be uh, right for your team, uh, may push them down roads that are not good for them personally. And when we think about that, if you want to put it into a business context and think about um, key outcomes and kind of getting value out of your folks that you're, that you're working with, uh, really, that's a really short-term uh, look at this environment that we're in. And we all need to be thinking about the long-term. And it's really hard because pandemic makes us think about the short-term. It forces us to think about how do we get to tomorrow but we need to be thinking about what's happening tomorrow, the day after, and a year from now. Um, how are we supporting our teams in this moment? How are we making sure that they're effective? Honestly, it's by checking in, making sure they're okay, giving them the supports when they need to, whether that's adding an additional engineer to a project because you know a parent needs to take care of their kids and can't commit the you know full time that they need to. Um, and so you know that's a thing that we have to do. Or maybe it's making sure that some of the initiatives that we have going on are put on hold for a bit. You know, if they're not a priority, if they're not a thing that needs to be done in this moment, we allow our teams that uh, ability, that um, 
give them the green light to step away from that uh, initiative, step away from what they had going on so that they can feel like they have more time uh, to process what's going on and to uh, focus on the things that are most important to them. So it's a bit of that prioritization that needs to happen. It's a bit of those identifying opportunities for support. Um, but ultimately, the way that we look at efficiency is not uh, in the same way that another company would. And I think that's, again, we're able to do that in the situation that we're in. Not every company can. You know, a lot of companies have had to make, make major layoffs and had to figure out, you know, a team that was 10 or 20 people is now two people. How does that two people carry uh, the weight of all the work that those 10 or 20 people were doing? That's going to be some hard conversations, some really difficult prioritization. But going about doing that and thinking you can get the same efficiency out of those two people versus those 20 uh, is, is the wrong way of looking at it. We've got to care for our teams. We've got to think long term with them. And we got to make sure that they feel uh, supported and we do whatever we can to uh, uh, do that. And that's what will make them efficient. I think you provided some really valuable insight there, James, when you talked about balancing between short term and long term, uh, looking at outlook of, of you know, your team's output. And I think uh, even like it per makes perfect sense also with your, I guess, founders, uh, sustainable long term vision. And that's, again, one of its values that it's bringing to the table is that you focus on the long term and, you know, short term is survival. It's not going to, you know, stick around for too long and you put the focus on the longer term vision. And that's that's some really amazing uh, input that you, you gave us there. Thank you for that. Uh, now, how do you bring alignment uh, at this time for your remote team with stakeholders, James? Yeah, this one. This one's tricky uh, because in an office where your culture and the uh, kind of priorities that you have are almost on the wall, maybe not physically, but they're something that people see every day. They see leadership in the lunchroom, modeling particular behaviors, and obviously the alignment of the organization will kind of move in that direction because those little bits of conversations, those kind of... Um, serendipitous moments that are happening within the office experience kind of translate into people's day-to-day -day work. When you're remote, you don't have that. When you're remote, you rely on the existing structures that you may have of meetings, of communications, to make sure that people are aligned. But I still think there are ways that uh, leaders, and certainly we've done this at TWG as well, can be effective at doing this. And I think uh, for uh, my experience as well, running a 100% remote remote company before joining TWG, it was all about over-communication and repetition. This idea that ultimately the way that people are even consuming information and communication right now is a little spotty because they're distracted. So you're going to need to repeat things a few times. You're going to need to make sure that people really get it. But then you also need to model it, not just talk about it, but actually show those behaviors. Uh, leadership needs to be involved. They need to show up now more than ever. They need to be there with their teams working alongside them. I think one of my favorite things that I saw was uh, a grocery store man, uh, a, a grocery store giant in Canada uh, had their CEO uh, go into a grocery store in this COVID climate and noticed that there was a cart out in front of a refrigeration machine and uh, literally didn't take a second, started picking things up off of the cart and putting it into the fridge kind of going into that mode of being there to help and you know be side by side with everyone. I think that's what we need from our leaders right now. And I think that's something that uh, TWG's done a, a really good job at and needs to continue doing. 
So again, it's modeling the behavior, is it trying to see you know, how we can uh, get people aligned from that, uh, that direction, but the existing tools that we use to align teams as product people of our roadmaps, of uh, making sure that people understand the vision and what we're still trying to achieve. Um, aligning with that and making sure that that's still true today. And maybe there are short-term things that are changing that may affect that or new opportunities that even exist uh, that have to be prioritized given the climate we're in, ultimately uh, are our communication tools. So all those things that we use are communication tools. So how do we over-communicate? How do we make sure that people have things in front of them when they need it? I think one of my favorite uh, things that we did when I was running my company uh, before, because we were all remote, to kind of remind people of those behaviors and remind people of uh, what we were building and what we were doing. Uh, we, we designed some coasters, very simple, had our values on them as a trigger to remind people, even in this environment where we're not seeing each other every day, even though you don't have those water cooler chats that kind of tell you a little bit about what the CEO is thinking about and what, how they're aligning the company, um, you can still have something in front of you that kind of connects you uh, in that moment, waking up and getting started for your day, you put down your tea, your coffee, your water, whatever it is, and you notice that that trigger, that reminder of the values that you have, the reminder of what you're building, the team you're working with. And so, uh, again, think about those communication drivers, whether it's those triggers or it's uh, how you communicate, and also make sure that leadership is, is joining, uh, getting in those trenches, working alongside people, modeling those behaviors is really critical as well. Awesome. Now, uh, looking on the flip side, you know, the, the half full, you know, if you will, what are some benefits of working remotely, especially at this point, because you're kind of forced to work remote, you're not like, uh, it's not by will. So what, are there any benefits you found with your team? Yeah, I absolutely. I think uh, just as much as it's been hard as a parent with a two-year-old to um, kind of survive uh, within, within this new world and uh, be able to work and still be able to take care of him, he's really excited to play all the time and loves making long monotone noises. Uh, but <laughs> something about being able to adapt my schedule to what my kids have going on. Uh, I have an 11 year old as well, and he's doing at home school, being able to support him on the projects or things that he's got going on throughout the day is an important thing that I need to be able to do as a parent. And so my hours over the course of the day might be actually a bit longer because during the day I need to flex around and do different things. And that was always something I really enjoyed before as well, uh, working in an entirely remote environment, is that ability to kind of adjust your schedule to the way that you need to. There's no pressure. And even if you, know, you went in the office before and leadership would talk about there being flexibility, there was still this being seen in the office. And right now there's this ability for people to kind of give themselves permission to go outside, work from outside, especially in this great weather that we're having or be able to uh, adjust their schedule because they're going to take a bit of a longer lunch and they're going to extend their schedule uh, towards the end of the day. That's something that is a huge benefit for people. And I think, and I hope that when we get through this, which we undoubtedly will as a, a, a society, ultimately, I believe that's going to be one of the things that sticks around. That's going to be one of the things that changes the way that we look at work. And I'm really excited about that because not a lot of people have had that experience before. Love that. So what are some important factors to consider, James, when it comes to managing your product team remotely? Yeah. Um, again, I'm going to go with the, uh, we're in a global pandemic, 
So uh, an important factor to consider is the fact that we're in a global pandemic. We need to make sure we make room for people, make sure we make them feel safe, uh, that they have a place to work, um, people around them that uh, care about them, get them support as they need it. I talked a little bit about re resetting expectations, but that's such a critical one in this environment. People need to reset expectations for themselves. And when our folks that we're managing are not resetting expectations for themselves, we need to reset expectations for them. We need to adjust, make sure that they have what they need because they might not feel comfortable in doing it themselves. And then we need to protect people. We need to manage uh, upwards, ma manage our leadership uh, that might be applying the same pressures as they were pre-COVID times and make sure that they understand that there needs to be a prioritization ac activity that happens to ensure people are working at the right uh, pace and not also this, because of this environment, you know, not having that uh, difference between the personal life, your, uh, you know, with family uh, or your friends or anything that you've got going on, uh, but also the work life. There's no difference right now. And it's so easy to work late and leadership will soak that up if they can do it, um, especially if they prioritize that efficiency metric. But again, uh, if we can protect people, manage up, make sure leadership knows what's going on, I think that's a, a really important thing. And that kind of brings to like this idea of there, there isn't really a one size fits all approach to this. Um, I, a couple, um, couple months ago, I guess now, um, and just a week or two into the, the shutdown uh, of, of Toronto uh, with, uh, with the pandemic, I had a great uh, uh, meeting with some of the folks that I worked with at Fuse, uh, my agency for before. And when we were talking about this environment and talking about how each of our companies uh, that we're now at were, were uh, adapting to this, it was so clear from everyone that this isn't the same as working remote. So some of the uh, factors that uh, matter here are that like one size fits all approach is not, it does not exist. You need to adapt to your teams. You need to listen to them. And uh, you know, when there's an office, uh, typically people fit into the mold of what work looks like. But right now there isn't an office and work needs to fit into employees mold and in their own lives. And that switch is really hard for a lot of businesses. So we got to consider that. That then affects our tooling, our process, and everything else. And we need to look at it in that way. How do we say our old playbook doesn't matter anymore? The way we did things, it doesn't exist. How can we look forward and make sure that the processes that we put into place are flexible and adjust not only to people, but also to our overall team to make sure that they feel supported and they can do work and uh, be effectively communicated to well. And I think that part of it is hard for companies, um, especially larger enterprise, to be able to do quickly uh, because they have to care about data, privacy and security and all that. But I think that's something that they're going to need to, and they already have had to adapt to quickly. Um, otherwise, they're going to be uh, miles, up, miles behind their competitors. So I think those are like the biggest factors uh, for, for me uh, right now. I know. Now, what are some tools or resources, James, that, you know, have you used or recommend to our listeners to help maintain or increase, you know, their team's uh, productivity? Yeah. So again, productivity, wonderful. But again, prioritize uh, people's health and well-being. That's number one about like managing our teams right now. Everything else will come. Uh, that's the, the long-term play for productivity and efficiency is making sure people are okay and they get through uh, what they've got going on. So 
that's happiness and safety, making sure that people are, uh, are feel like they're connected to their peers, uh, that they're connected to the company, and ultimately uh, that's going to be something that naturally makes them uh, more productive. Um, we are, again, as PMs, the frontline uh, leadership for our organizations, so we get a lot of questions from our teams. So it's important to make sure that uh, our product folks have that context and know how to talk about these things and are getting those emotional supports as well as they go through this. And then um, there's this idea that uh, also moving remote, it actually is a little bit more work. There's a bit of change in process. There's a bit more setup when we have to do collaboration things, making sure we take that into account when we're uh, planning people's schedules and planning what they're working on is important because the needs, the pulls from work right now are actually a little bit more in some cases. In some cases, sure, things might be a little bit simpler. I don't have to walk from the third floor to the fifth floor anymore, take the elevator to get between meetings. So I save a couple minutes here and there, but it really is uh, something that uh, adds up as, as being you know, a change in context switching that happens a lot more, a lot more calls and, and those things can be pretty difficult to uh, manage. So uh, what we've been trying to do to kind of fight against these things and some of the tools and resources that we've, we've been uh, employing are creating more opportunities for people to connect with each other, whether it's uh, different social activities or things that are going on, making sure that people have those opportunities with their project teams, within their departments, or within the company to be able to do that. Uh, reducing workload on teams uh, where we can be resetting those uh, expectations, especially for parents, especially for uh, people who have other things going on in their lives that they need to focus on in this moment. Uh, we also uh, need to identify opportunities for support. And so in this uh, new environment, it's actually reduced our ability to see how projects are going uh, from a team or organization level. And that was the first thing that we actually had to employ was some changes in how we report on projects to make sure we had that transparency. And that's something that's worked really well for us is making those little bits of changes to how our product managers report in on projects into leadership so we can identify support more uh, proactively and see, okay, a project is going down a little bit of the wrong path, let's insert an extra designer to be able to support them. Or, you know, we need a bit more support from a specific specialization with engineering with a particular problem that's happening. We can be a little bit more proactive uh, to that as leadership given this. So that's been something we've uh, focused on as well. And uh, we're also trying to take this opportunity to look at our tooling, our processes, and how we can improve them to reduce um, the load on people. Uh, maybe there are ways to make our, our teams uh, more efficient, not in terms of getting them to do more work, but making them more efficient in reducing that cognitive load or the things that uh, they have going on. In terms of software, books, that kind of thing, we, we use quite a bit. Um, and I'm sure everyone uh, who's listening to this is using some form of Slack. Um, that's wonderful. We use Lattice, having something in there for management and being able to uh, make sure that things like uh, people's health uh, and, and kind of uh, how they're feeling is measured over time. So having those weekly updates uh, is extremely valuable. And a lot of us that a lot of other tools do it as well. Uh, in terms of books, uh, my computer is actually sitting on top of three copies of the book Remote uh, by Jason Fried and uh, DHH. Uh, absolutely great book, give you like some really good things to think about. Um, and a really good start for thinking about some of those paradigm shifts that you need to have as an organization when you move remote. I know. Well, that was that was amazing. Thanks, thanks for uh, sharing. And I like your approach when it comes to you know switching from productivity and you know short-term thinking to more uh, prioritizing and you know adapting to the new realities. I, I really like that approach. 
so I guess what, what's next for you and your team at uh, TWG, James? Yeah, so right now uh, we're kind of at a point where a lot of the things that we needed to figure out within our transition to this uh, global pandemic that we're uh, kind of in um, has kind of stabled out. Things are, we kind of figured out the systems, we figured out how to get people support. We're not perfect, there's still work to be done, but it's something that we uh, have a good sense of. So what we're trying to reposition ourselves now to do and continue thinking about is how TWG can continue to be that leading consultancy in Toronto. Um, it's something that uh, you know a lot of people uh, know TWG's reputation within Toronto uh, as, as a positive one, uh, know that uh, we're constantly thinking about what's next. And we've done that through our product management capacity uh, before a lot of our other organizations were even thinking about it. Uh, helping organizations make sure that they were understanding what they were building, building the right thing, and understanding how to get to market effectively. And then naturally, like, changed into our research practice, really understanding human-centered design, bringing the voice of users through the work that we were doing, and invested heavily in that before a lot of other people were doing it. And then uh, lately, what we've been focused on is our data and analytics practice, really making sure that data is core to the work that we do, core to the way that we uh, talk about the work that we're doing with our clients and making sure that we embed that in some way within the organizations we get to work with. So uh, a lot of our future right now, a lot of the things that that's next for us is really thinking about how we can uh, effectively work in a, an age of data um, and provide that type of uh, support, that type of leadership uh, to the organizations that we work with. Yeah. Uh, well, now, last question, James, uh, fun question. So uh, what are some of your quarantine tips if you want to share some? Yeah, uh, man, there's so many of them, uh, but <laughs> the ones that the ones that I'll I'll go over are ones that I use every day and I think are are so so important. So the first one, and this is such a, a great tip, came from Alan Van Arden, uh, one of our uh, tech leads uh, based in BC. So one of our remote folks um, who uh, told us all to turn off self view on Zoom. It is a game changer. When you're not, when you're on a video call and you're constantly looking at yourself, and we all do it, let's be real. We look <laughs> at whether there's something on our face or our hair looks a little weird, and it takes a lot of cognitive load to do that. Turn self, uh, self view off. I swear to you, it is an incredible game changer uh, for video conferencing. So that is number one. The second one is take calls offline. Don't go on video. Maybe go outside. Uh, put put in your headphones or uh, just grab your phone, go outside for a walk, have more meetings in that setting. It'll uh, change your mood undoubtedly. Turn off Slack notifications and sounds. My God, they're so annoying, especially because we get so many more notifications now. Turn them off. It'll reduce that cognitive load as well. And uh, have a to-do list. Uh, start the day with a few things that you want to do and get through those things. But uh, also, again, give yourself permission to adjust. Uh, throughout the day, reprioritize against the constraint of your time and don't uh, let time be an infinite resource because it really isn't. No, I love that. No, thanks. Thanks for sharing the tips. I could relate to pretty much all of them. And uh, yeah, well, thanks for that. And also thanks for being with PM Hub and, and talking about how to manage your remote product team. Thanks, man. Thanks for putting this together. There you have it, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with James Costa. Uh, group product manager at TWG, and he took some value out of it on how to go about managing your remote product teams. 
make sure to follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at PMHubTO. And until next time, stay safe and healthy.